You're listening to the Beyond the States podcast with Jen Vimont. Did you know that you can go to Europe and get your entire degree taught in English for less than one year of tuition at many American schools? Jen will take you on a deep dive into the many benefits and options around English-taught higher education in Europe, helping to make the possibility less foreign. I'm super excited about today's episode, and I'm also a little bit nervous. My son Sam is our guest today and has promised that I won't have to pull teeth to get him to engage. We'll see. Oh, as many of you know, I founded Beyond the States after looking into the possibility as a long-term plan for my kids. Sam was just entering high school at that time and is now actively looking at colleges. Sam has known for a while that he's interested in studying international relations and political science, and he hoped to ideally focus on these areas as they pertain to the Middle East. So using our database, he looked for programs that would allow this focus, as well as Arabic language development, and he narrowed it down to Leiden University and the Paris Institute of Political Sciences. The academic content and opportunities of the program were comparable, but the admissions process is drastically different. The Paris Institute of Political Sciences is also known as, as Sciences Po, um, and it's an extremely competitive school and very well known worldwide. They look at uh, applicants in a more holistic way, sort of like the U.S. for the first round of admissions. And students who make it to the second round are invited to be interviewed in one of 70 cities across the world. So the interviews are conducted by a three-person panel and students are given an article and they have 30 minutes to review and prepare. Then they give a 10-minute presentation on the article and answer questions about it. Then they're asked general and personal questions. The panel's looking to gauge candidates' global interests, critical thinking, general knowledge, and motivation. I do have to say that this is a really good way to understand whether a student would succeed in the program. Application process in the Netherlands is really different. If the student meets the requirements, they're in. They leave it to the students to prove that they can succeed at the school during the first year. It's something called binding study advice. Basically, every school sets a number of courses that the student must pass the first year in order to be able to continue in the second year. If you listen to our episode on the admissions processes, um, you already know about the Netherlands, so I'll just spend a few minutes on this. There are two types of universities in the Netherlands. There are research universities and universities of applied sciences. Binding study advice occurs at both types. The research universities require that American students have a certain number of AP scores of three or higher. At Leiden, the requirement is three AP scores and a GPA of 3.5. Those are the criteria that are used for admissions. Things like involvement in clubs, playing a school sport, having more than the required number of AP courses, none of that matters. If Sam has a GPA and the AP courses, then he's in. He can submit his application in October of his senior year and he'll re receive an enrollment offer within four to six weeks. If by chance he bombs one of his APs this year and needs to take one next year, he can still apply in October and he'll be provisionally accepted based on the AP score at the end of the year. Here's the catch though. If he doesn't have the three AP scores of three or higher, there's really no wiggle room, no negotiation. He won't be able to attend. So we were originally planning on visiting both schools during this trip that we just took. Sam looked into both of them a little bit more and decided he was more interested in Leiden. We decided that after a visit he was still unsure, we'd plan a visit to Sciences Po or to other schools. 
We ended up meeting in Sofia, Bulgaria for a couple of days, and I'll tell you more about that trip in a future episode. But suffice it to say, I would have preferred visiting Sciences Po's uh, campus in the south of France. So, uh, Sam, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's good to be here. And I have to say, this is really cool. This is my first time that I have had a guest in the actual same physical room as me. And though Sam was trying to make me laugh during the part before he uh, started here, it's nice to have someone in the same space. So let's get right into it. Can you tell us a little bit more? Can you talk about why you chose to focus on Leiden and not visit Sciences Po? You see, it's a much more straightforward admissions process. I don't have to worry about, you know, the admission panel thing, preparing a presentation about an article, like not even know if I'm going to get in. If I submit my application in October, I know four to six weeks later if I'm in. It's just much simpler, less stress. And you know, there are more programs to consider. They had security studies and international studies, as opposed to Leiden, or Sciences Po, my bad. Sciences Po, just one program. And, uh, you know, I've already been to the Netherlands, and I really like The Hague. The student life there seems much better, and the campus in Sciences Po is much more isolated. Yeah, the, the Sciences Po campus uh, for the Middle Eastern studies is in Menton. Am I saying it right? Yes, you are. Okay. Don't worry. I'm usually criticized for the way I pronounce that. Um, and and it's near Nice, but not so near that you would you know participate actively in the the student life in Nice. So really, the student life is confined to the students in that program of the Middle Eastern Studies. Whereas um, student life at the Hague, it's not only Leiden students; it's also a number of other universities that it draws on as well. So four to six weeks after you apply, that means this time next year. We're going to know that you're going to Leiden. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then you can just, as long as you keep that 3.5 GPA, you can just sit back and uh, and relax. Yeah, it's not like I haven't been doing that already. Okay, well, so you said that um, Leiden had two programs you were considering, and that helped your kind of make your decision to focus on those. And it was a security studies program and the international studies program. Uh, can you tell us about why you decided to do the experience day in the international studies program? Well, I was considering both, but the international studies program has much more of a chance to specialize in my intended area, which is Middle East. I've been very interested in the Middle East. I've been teaching myself Arabic and, uh, you know, I can focus on that, which is something that security studies just doesn't have. Yeah. And it's rare. I mean, the reason you were down to scientist Poe in Leiden is that ability to have that uh, focus on, on the Middle East is very rare. And this program, actually, they have a number of focus areas. Um, that I remember correctly, it's uh, eight focus areas in 16 different languages you can specialize in. Do you remember what the focus areas were? Uh, or you could actually look at this handy I brochure in front could. of us. Uh, we have East Africa. Um, East Africa? No, I was just kidding. <laughs> I was just making sure you're paying attention, All right. Miss Vumont. Uh, we have East Asia. Latin America, the Middle East, North America, Russia and Eurasia, South Asia and Southeast Asia, Africa and Europe. Which so, includes East Africa, might I add. It does. So, um, so basically after the first semester, students choose uh, which region, which of these eight regions they want to focus on, and then they choose a corresponding language. So, uh, might, I, might I correct you? You actually choose the, um, the area you want to choose when you get accepted. Which no. is what they talked to me about. No, I was oh. told in the parent. No, I, 
I was again just testing her knowledge. <laughs> you stand corrected, huh? I do. I do. Um, you yes, you actually choose after the first semester. Oh. They they told us in the program that you know the majority of the students go when they're knowing oh, what region they want. This to is study. why you're a professional. I guess so. And um, but they do have guidance for students who don't know which area they must study. It up. Okay, no problem, Sam. So anyway, um, then students choose. A language along with their corresponding area. So certainly if you're interested in Russia, Russian's the only language, but if you're studying the Middle East, you can choose between Arabic, Persian, Turkish, and modern Hebrew, or for East Asia, they have Mandarin, Japanese, and Korean, for example. So Leiden University has two campuses. Uh, one is in Leiden, which is just 25 minutes or so from Amsterdam, and the other one's in The Hague, which is just 10 minutes from Leiden. Both of the programs Sam was interested in, but certainly international studies, um, those are both in The Hague. So we stayed there and we tooled around for a few days before the experience day. Uh, students have all of their classes in The Hague and they live there as well. And uh, I had only visited for an afternoon previously, so I really enjoyed getting to know The Hague a little bit better. And I personally fell in love with it this time. And it's now one of my favorite European cities. What were your thoughts on The Hague, Sam? I, I really liked The Hague from the second I got there. Well, maybe not the second. That's a little bit campy, but um, it really just seemed really livable, and everything was accessible. Uh, public transportation was easy. I could meet up with my mom. You know, I'd often just independently go meet her. You know, and um, there are like local places, like little coffee shops, where you could like you know get a coffee and still do your work. And I really liked there was an interesting mix between modern and old architecture that I saw. Yeah, and and one of, part of what Sam said really speaks to the safety as well. I felt completely comfortable having him meet me, you know, across town after my meetings and knew that he could get around. And, you know, again, with the English proficiency, if he had trouble, I knew he could ask somebody for directions. The English proficiency is really high there. Um, it's, it's one of those areas where I feel like I'm in like the UK with the amount of English spoken. I would actually really love to live there myself, but of course, no, I won't be able to because you know what college kid wants their parents coming along. So, student housing. Sam really wasn't interested in looking at student housing. Um, yeah, might, maybe because it was just gonna be the outside. It's true, there is the outside. So the, the situation is, is that they're run by private providers, not the school, so it's not included in the tours. Um, the school does have agreements with four different places in The Hague, and first-year international students do get housing priority. Once they're accepted, students rank their, their order of preference. So we ended up looking at pictures and floor plans online, and we walked past the residences to get a feel of the area. I personally wanted to go inside and see if they'd let us uh, look around, but Sam thought that would be super embarrassing, so we did not. Um, there are definitely two of the four that we, we preferred, though. I can tell you that all of them have, they're all single rooms with their own bathroom. Some have their own kitchenette, like a studio apartment, and others have a kitchen and common area that you share with a group of other students, usually around four. Uh, these are often co-ed groups, and uh, I really do think that there's some value in sharing that common space the first year. Uh, this is really how most uh, uh, student residences throughout Europe work. In The Hague in particular, the average cost is around 500 euros uh, per month. So let's get into the experience day. Yeah, so it's really different from schools in the US. Since students are applying to a particular academic program, they can focus more on the academic experience. 
So the session we attended was exclusively for students looking at the International Studies program. They split the students up from the parents and all the students first started together with about, there were about 75 of them. So tell us about your first session, Sam, and if you were looking forward to it and all of that. Well, to be honest, being the cynical teenager that I am, I was thinking it was going to be boring. I was not looking forward to it. I just expected it to be another class day. But I was, I was definitely wrong, and I'll freely admit that. Yes? You'll freely admit that, and we have it now on tape. I like that. I would like to also note that not only was he thinking it would be boring, but he was quite vocal about that concern. Um, nor did he want to bring a pen or paper to write with. He was sure he Excuse wouldn't me, need may it. I, may I continue, ma'am? Yes, please. And might I add that I did not bring paper. I stood up for my gun. You did not, I know, but did you end up taking notes? I did. You did? Why? Uh, uh, because I thought the lecture was actually very interesting. What was it about? It was it was about, well, if the first part of the lecture was about the structure and, you know, what we should expect in, um, like, you know, what the lectures are going to be, you know, a little bit overview about the university. And then the other part was war and peace in the contemporary era. And it was, you know, about our ideas of war. And, you know, there were lots of graphs. She told us about books, which I wrote down because I thought they were interesting, which is nothing I would ever do at high school because, I mean, there's no interesting lectures in high school. But, like, I expected it to be boring, and I was just completely wrong. I, I can't. This music to my ears. Um, not only that you're saying you're wrong, but also that you found it so interesting. I mean, that a lecture could be that interesting. Yeah, I really think it speaks to the education system there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very exciting. So then the parents had an information session while, while they were in their lecture. And um, it was led by a second year student in the program. She talked about the program structure also, uh, the internationality of the student body, resources at the school, where students end up after graduating, opportunities for study abroad, internships and minors, and she answered the many questions. Uh, like the student body of the program, the parent group consisted of about half Dutch parents and half international, though I'm pretty sure I was the only American. Were you the only American? Uh, in my tutorial room, which is a seminar that we attended, I was the only American. But and you there, don't know about There the were only room. two of us who weren't Dutch in that room. That was... I don't know about the okay. as a whole. Okay. So in between the sessions, um, there was an information fair for students and parents and we were able to talk to students and staff about you know, social opportunities, housing, and it was actually really interesting. People were super friendly and engaging, and uh, I enjoyed that part, did you? I found it very eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I learned stuff that I didn't learn in the lecture because I was talked to a student who was yeah, a second-year student, if I remember correctly. Yeah, about his, and he talked to us about the internships he had done. And he was and also focusing on the Middle East, so I was able to get more information about my specific program. He was a cool guy. Yeah. So since I've been walking around The Hague for the past couple of days, and I'm also just not a tour person, I skipped the parent tour of The Hague that occurred during the second session. Um, Sam, can you tell us, so you said it was tutorial, your second session with 12 students? Yeah, there were 12 students in the room. Um, we had to prepare, or we read an article, and we discussed the article. I mean, like the lecture, the first half was about the tutorials, which are, again, just seminars. Uh, they happened four to six times per semester. And um, so sometimes you have to present a project, but most of the time it's just discussing ideas. Because in the lectures, you're not supposed to discuss, this reinforces the ideas by talking about it. While in the lecture, you're just getting the foundation of these ideas, which I think is a good way to learn. 
Um, so we were supposed to prepare an article and read and answer the questions, discuss the questions, which we all did. Um, there, it was also pretty much lecture based because the um, the instructor who they called tutors, he um, you know he told us more about it. He showed us how he personally runs tutorials, and it was very interesting. So wait, so the lecture that you had, that wasn't just her telling you about the article. No, it had nothing to do with the article. That's very interesting. And actually, Sam and I had not discussed this up right until right now. But, you know, all the students I talk to in Europe say it's so important that you stay on top of the reading. You know, well, in yeah, that's because you use the reading for the seminar, because that's when you're actually proving your knowledge and reinforcing the ideas. And, you know, you don't just talk about the reading like you don't read it aloud and stuff. I mean, like you talk about the questions and that just reinforces the themes and the ideas of what you're talking about. But what's different about the lecture as opposed to the educational system here is often in college here, the lecture is sort of a, a synopsis or even furthering on the reading that you did. So often for myself, when I was in college, I could kind of choose, I'll either do the reading or I'll go to the lecture because it was so similar. Yeah. Um, so I think that's awesome that the lecture was not just talking about the, um, the article itself. So wh what I remember about the structure of the program is that each semester you have a class and that class will have one lecture every week and that class will also have a seminar every two weeks. Is that the understanding you got as well? Um, I did not know that it was per class, but obviously that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, that is the basic understanding that I have. And, you know, often people think, well, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm, you know, taking international studies with a focus on the Middle East. It must be so specialized. How, how many people think that? A lot of people think, really? well, maybe not about this particular program, okay. but they do. Hey, guys, respond in the comments about uh, whether you think this or not. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, but the, the first semester, the classes that Sam takes are, you know, sociolinguistics. He's going to take an academic reading and writing. We shall have an edge in because it's going to be in English, and I already know English. It's true. It's true. That That is something to consider. You know, ha being a native English speaker definitely gives you an advantage in some of these areas. Um, I've actually heard that native English speakers are sought after for group work as well. I see. So. Um, he'll also take cultural studies, global history, inter introduction to international studies and economics. So, I mean, that's a very broad foundation. I don't really feel like he's going to be lacking in anything, um, particularly because as he moves into his program, he'll be taking really intensive foreign languages. They're, they're going to get his Arabic language up to a B2 level. Um, he'll be taking philosophy of science, research methods. And then there's an entire quarter that's put aside where you can either do a minor, you can do study abroad and take all sorts of electives, or you can do an internship. Uh, one really cool thing about this program is in the last semester of their third year, they have something called Practicing International Studies. Did they tell you about this one, Sam? Um, I do not believe so. I think it might have been mentioned, but yeah. No. So employers... You know, different companies that are relevant to this field of study, they work with the school and they give groups of students a real life problem to work on that pertains to their region and pertains to um, to international studies. So it's like, you know, apl applying the knowledge you have from the other semesters, pretty much? Absolutely, but okay. as you would in employment, and then they make a competition out I of see. it. I see. So it gets you prepared for after you graduate. Exactly. That, that's you. interesting. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, I'm really excited too. And so I'm so excited that 
that Sam is equally excited. So those are the things that excite me, but what is it about the program that's especially appealing to you? I mean, like, again, like, it's it's really specific on the Middle East and, again, the Arabic proficiency thing. And, I mean, I'm really interested in politics and international relations. I've also, I'm also pretty interested in languages, so the sociolinguistics course is going to be interesting for me. And what is it about being a student in Europe that you're most excited about? You know, I'm going to get a lot more independence than I would back in the States because there's not this hand-holding in school and in, you know, social life. And, um, you know, if I want to go to another country, I can take like a 30-minute train ride. And might I add, trains are a lot better than planes. <laughs> a lot easier than planes. A lot better. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, well, I'd also be exposed to a lot more cultures because The Hague is... An extremely diverse town. I think my mom said it's the most multicultural town in the Netherlands. Europe? It is, yes, in the Netherlands. Okay. It's the most international. And then the student body itself. How many do they say? There were... Like 81, I believe. Nationalities? Stu- nationalities. 500 students. Yeah, so in, in the first year of his program, there are 500 students. Half of them are Dutch, and the other half consists of 81 different nationalities, which is, is really incredible um, and just really opens up a whole world perspective. So is there anything you're concerned that you're going to miss out on by going to school in Europe? I don't think so. Um, this is just really, it appeals to me more. It, it uh, addresses my you know interests more. So Excellent. Well, Sam, thanks so much for talking to us today. I'm sure whether you like it or not, we're going to have you on again in the future. And thanks to all of you for listening. You can find show notes and links on our website, uh, beyondthestates.com slash podcast. If you have questions or comments, please join our discussion on the Beyond the States Facebook page. You can get inspired on our Instagram page. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd love it if you would rate us on iTunes or Stitchers. Thanks so much.